Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela today, talking about gender and the aura, how gender norms deemed by society can definitely intersect with aura colors and how it subconsciously affects you. Let me tell you, I this is the beginning of probably many conversations. If you're interested in this, I you know, decided, okay, let's just go for it. Let's just dip our toes in that water. But this is definitely just the beginning of a lot of different conversations. I could have gone on all day and tomorrow about it, but let's just start here. See what you guys want to know more about and we can, uh, we can go from there. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey guys. So this is just the tip of the iceberg today. It is, you know, and as I started like organizing, like I've been putting this one off because when they're so expansive, I mean, this is a topic that in every single reading I do, it comes up in some way with every single person. This isn't about what you identify as. This is really like, even if like you're fine being a woman or you're fine being a man or that's what you identify with, your, it still affects you. And it's crazy how it wiggles its way in there. And what I notice is some of the aura colors lean more favorably toward societal gender norms, the acceptable ones, and some don't. And those, that difference, that, I guess that, yeah, that, that, that separation can lead to you internalizing it and feeling like there's something wrong with you in a nutshell. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So that, that makes sense. And I think, well, you know, I think this played out for us or has, or continues to play out for us with our dads. Yeah. So your dad is green and indigo He's very or green indigo. blue. Yeah. He, he was on an episode. I forgot the number. Episode probably, 90, you, Nature you, Empath. You you interviewed him. Very popular episode. If you want to listen to that interview, it's very, yeah, it, it's very cute and funny. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, I just loved interviewing him. Yeah. I, I'd like to get him back on again. I, I'd like to do another interview, Yeah, but I have another topic I want to do with him. I don't know if it'll go over <laughs> so well. It's like him and his friends. You, you two are very close. Yeah. We, so. Okay. And then, of course, there's my dad. But yes. let, let's take your dad first. Let, okay. let, let's deal with him, and then, then we'll do my dad after. Okay. All right. So he's green and indigo, or green and blue. Um, so what's that like growing up? Is that, is that, is that different? Is it, what's going on there? Well, my dad was just always very sensitive. Now he's handy, and like on, if you listen to the Nature Empath episode, he loves his plants, he loves his furniture, and he loves like you know that kind of stuff. So he's very green. So he's got the green things going for him. But he was always very sensitive. He doesn't like competition. Uh, he worked in uh, mental health. That was his field. He always worked in mental health. He worked in hospitals. He always helped people. He always worked with a lot of like, you know, therapists and counselors, like way before that was even something that was normalized. So growing up, he always just spoke certain ways and and would would, you know, talk about how, I mean, he actually helped me a lot because he was very an- good with analyzing feelings and, and empathy. And I got a lot of role modeling from him about how to deal with like, you know, taking other people's emotions and how it affects you and whatnot. But yeah, that's not like, I guess, societal male behavior that's we're told like, oh, this is how men are. Because like other, you know, my other friends' dads were more into sports yeah. or, you know, more aggressive or they went hunting or or they did things that were more like, quote, guy activities, end quote. My dad just wasn't like that. Well, well in your house, it, it was almost reverse. Like yeah. the, the roles of your mom and dad were, were reversed. That's true. My you dad know. is more, more subservient in a way yeah. to, I don't know how else to say it. Like he's just kind of more of a passive energy to my mom and that's just how they work 
And that, yeah, and, you know, my mom's not the little woman, you know, and my dad's, like, the big scary guy. And, you know, other people, a big thing was, like, growing up, my friends were really scared of their dads. So the other, my other girlfriend's moms were like, oh, you better do this or I'm going to tell your dad. And I was like, oh, my God, don't tell dad. Well, like, please tell my dad. Like, my dad's, like, never yelled at me. <laughs> right, right. Like, I wasn't scared of him at all. Like, if anything, he'd cry with me. Like, it really – so I was never scared of him, and he wasn't this, like, scary figure in my life. So I never had the experience with a man – acting like they do on the you know tv shows you right, know, right. a lot of our depictions of male figures in movies and and sitcoms and all that stuff growing up was like dad is a certain way and my dad and all like the stuff you'd buy for dad like oh dad likes ties you know for father's day dad wants this dad my, my dad wasn't really into it. he likes a plant yeah he loved antique for he loves antique furniture right right he loves like upholstering things like he's really into like fabrics for chairs <laughs> yeah and-, <laughs> and he gets attached <laughs> yes he does to like footstools that's just not that's what i grew up with and that was normalized for me but yeah, yeah. i was aware that he was different than other fathers but i i loved it i didn't you know yeah and again then i came into the picture you know what do you get? I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever. Yes. Yeah, and, and I noticed some things too. More like, because, you know, now all I do is talk to women. I don't talk to men anymore. It's true. Sometimes at the gym I do, but other than that, I really don't talk to, to men anymore. Yes. I basically spend my day dealing with women, <laughs> mostly purple women, indigo women. Okay. So, so you yellows in there. Right. So back in the day, years ago, you know, I was, I was more red. I was an unbalanced red. We all know this. And, you know, I was more into sports and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I did kind of find it weird. Like your dad, you know, your your grandfather, mm. me and him used to watch baseball together. He loved the Yankees. My grand- mom's mom. Your yeah. mom's mom, your mm-hmm. other side. Love the Yankees. Yes. And then one year your dad's like, well, I'm going to like the Yankees he too. <laughs> He's like, I'm a huge Yankee fan this year. And like, he was it and he would watch it. And he had no idea what like a like a foul ball was or pop up. Whatever. He didn't know any rules or how the game played. And then basically after one or two games, he never watched again. Right. Um, you know, even when he watches the Bills, you know, Buffalo Bills, right? Huge in Buffalo. Every every guy. In, in, they watch every Sunday now. They do, but he watches it a little bit differently mm-hmm. than the average guy. Like, you yeah. know, he, he doesn't always really know what's going on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he, 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 you know, if they if they put a seven on the on the on the scoreboard, you know, a touchdown, then he he'll cheer, but he doesn't. Yeah, you know, he doesn't really like know. the nuances. He, and yeah, all he that. doesn't know like all the nuances. Yeah, we didn't grow up like that. Like we obviously Bills fans, like we'd have the game on or whatever, but it wasn't so I right. Don't know. Right, you know, I'll ask. So because I don't watch that much either anymore, but I'll ask him what's their record is. Like they're good. I just know they're good. Because <laughs> he and I wonder, like he probably feels like he has to fit in, right? Too. Yeah. that's the thing. Like. He definitely doesn't care. He's gotten older, but like, yeah. yeah. And- but there's a diff- there's this like thought that guys are supposed to live and die by certain principles or be a certain way, yeah. and not all men are like that. And he, yeah. Okay, and I, and I will give one example that just to clarify this point, and then we'll move on from it. But the other day, I'm like, oh, are you, did you watch the Bills game the other day? He's like, no, I went on a Zoom call. Talking about like like 13th century Italian art with my sister, so I'm like okay, so like you know, he loves, you know, so there you go. Um, there was also you know, I and I again I didn't know this, you know, when I, I'm a very inclusive person by the way, you know, if if you know people around, I want everybody to be part of it. Yeah, you are. So you know, when he came down to Florida one time, we have a like a sport court in our backyard, a basketball hoop, 
little court. And, yeah. you know, we, I had some friends over and we needed just an extra guy to play. Yeah. And I asked your dad, hey, you want to play basketball with us? Oh. And at the time, you know, he, he refused whatever he got. He said, no, no, no. And yeah. I'm like, come on, let's play, let's play, let's play. And, you know, he wouldn't play. And then, like, years later, this is, like, now 10 years yeah. you later. Got, you got a random we, text. Yeah, we had a fight with it. We were in, like, getting a little fight with each other. Yeah, you And too. then I get this random text about how horrible person I am because I made him play bas- try to make oh, him play basketball that time. Yeah. I didn't think of anything of it. Yeah. No, he- I knew he couldn't throw a ball. Okay, yes. I knew that. Yeah. And I knew he couldn't catch a ball. Well, obviously. But we needed a body. We needed a person. I can see the way that you would have asked him in front of all those guys, too, just knowing you. Like, come on, what? You can't throw a ball? Come on, do it. You know, razzing him a little bit. But my dad being very – he's very, like – he's, like, blue slash indigo because I feel like society makes him more blue than indigo sometimes. But with his very indigo self, it hurt his feelings. It made him feel, like, really triggered and probably brought up a lot of stuff from his past where he didn't feel like he fit in with the other boys or whatever because of that. And – you, but now that you're more versed, you're more well versed in how people are and being sensitive. You you did apologize. I did, and again, I didn't for ten years. He held on to that. He did, and I isn't that awful? He held yeah. on to that, and I feel like you felt sad because you guys are such besties. I, I mean, I, would have, <laughs> I think you felt bad. I would have never known like asking someone to play basketball, a guy to play basketball. I think in my mind, actually, at that time, or you know, maybe even today, still, I would be like more upset if someone didn't ask me to play that's how deep these things run yeah because you know just in his own life which he'd tell you that just wasn't something he was role modeled it wasn't something he was taught it wasn't something that maybe he always just felt apart from with other kids other boys and you know it doesn't make you any less of a man if you're not like into team sports and you don't know how to throw a basketball or throw a football and you're a guy but i'm sure kids made you feel really bad for it for a really long time and then you're like I don't know, however old he was at the time, and, and your son-in-law is doing it to you in front of, like, the neighbor boys, you know? So <laughs> it's amazing how these things can trigger and hit, and he did. He held that into death for 10 yeah. years. Indigo it, grudge style. Yeah. How only the indigo... You know indigos that you do that. You hold a little, like, mm-hmm, grudge, yeah, and it yeah. just came out. It, it, it just like a, came out. Randomly, as part of another <laughs> argument. Yeah, you guys, when you and when you and my dad have these little silly tips, like my mom and I are just like, mm-hmm, like we stay way out of it because you do fight about the stupidest. Thing. All right. Well, all right. So we got, we got one ad from Osea, and then we come, when we come back, we're going to talk about my dad, oh, who also can't throw a ball. Yeah, yellow dad. It is 2021, and perhaps you're a little burned out, feeling like you need a fresh start, focus on yourself again. You may even have let your self-care practices slide during the past busy few months. Well, taking care of your face and body is a great self-care practice and a worthy investment in you. Well, Osea can help you do that. Post-holidays, I can feel very stressed and exhausted. All that sugar does not do great things for my skin. I'm ready for some change, really get behind my intentions. Well, taking care of myself is a top priority and Osea can help me achieve that goal and you too. Their body oil is luxurious, rich. It's not greasy or sticky. It absorbs beautifully into your skin. I put it on after the shower and my skin glows and it's healthy. Um, Osea just launched their first body butter. It's worth a try, people. It's so nice and luxurious, has that same intoxicating scent as the body oil, and its butter-rich texture transforms dry winter skin, leaving it soft, smooth, and healthy-looking. So... 
taking care of your face and body is worth it. Invest in yourself this new year. And I suggest you do that by adding Osea to your routine. All Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate neutral, created with sustainably sourced seaweed and made in California so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. So new year, new you. Start fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from our friends at Osea. And you can get 10% off your first order with promo code KYA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Now is the time to make those small changes that can have such a big impact on your day-to-day. Head to Osea, O-S-E-A, Malibu.com. To find your new routine, use code KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So your dad, he's a full-on yellow blue. I always say I see a lot of yellow boys, don't see a lot of yellow men, but your dad's yellow. What was that like for you in understanding him growing up? Well, I'll tell you right off the bat. I wish I would have known that. Yeah. I wish I would have known growing up that he was a yellow blue. Like what that meant. What that even meant. Yeah. Yeah. Anything could have, would have helped me, I guess. That's why I love this stuff, because it helps you see people different, understand them different. Yeah, so, I mean, I, all right, I'm going to go back to, you know, 13-year-old Scotty here, whatever, 12-year-old Scotty, 14-year-old Scotty. Well. Red, you know, more red than blue. Okay. Definitely, right? All right, so let me tell you a little bit about my dad, Freebert, right? You know, you know little Freebert? <laughs> Bert. Bert. Um, his hobbies, what he liked, okay? And, and, and let's go into that first. All right, first of all, Broadway was his... Everything. He loves Broadway. Saw every Broadway play from like Cats to, you know, Les Mis. He remembers them all too. He remembers them all. He know, and this is a guy that remembers nothing, by the way. Yeah. Okay. But he remembers who start, like Judy Garland started in the blank version of this play. I, I don't even year, know. What year. What theater. Yes. What seat he sat in. Yes. And who it's all. he went with. Yep. It's all categorized. He has all the playbills. In pure yellow form, he keeps receipts. He has all the playbills. He writes things down. He writes notes on each playbill, everything. Right. You know, for he took us to, and I sound like a spoiled brat here, he took us to every Broadway play. Yeah, you guys were always spoiled and annoying about it. I was like, your dad took you? And you're like, it wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, we literally (laughs) went to probably two to three Broadway plays a month. Wow. We were so sick of them. Me and my sister couldn't stand them. (laughs) We hate Broadway. We To this day, we do not want to go. I don't even want to go to a community theater. You love Les Mis. That one I liked. (laughs) But, you know, he took us to, like, Oklahoma. All, all these, like, that was funny. Yeah, all, all these places. I got to go to them when I started being yes, in the family. Yes, that was fun. Yes, he did. He, and he wanted to make sure you went, too. Yeah, I, I love going. You know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. All right. So Broadway. Love Broadway. Other things. Ironing. The man ironed better than anybody else on earth. He's an expert ironer. Expert ironer. My dad is, too, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, well, that's well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, I mean, the list is, I'm just starting this list. Here. Yes. Dressing, impeccable dresser. Yeah. Where the tie matched the shirt, the pants, the yeah. belt, the shoes. He's got names on too, you know? Yeah. I mean, incredible, you know. Um, dancer. The guy lit up a <gasps> oh, dance floor. that's right. He's lit a great up dancer. a dance floor. People love to watch him dance at weddings, bar mitzvahs, whatever. You know, if he was on the dance floor, people were watching him. Yeah. You know, he was doing moves that John Travolta could barely do. Yeah. Okay. Um, sports, didn't know anything about it. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what, what the game of football is about. And he's, he's like your dad in that way too, Yeah. where, you know, like later on he'd be like, oh, who's playing today? And yeah. like, he wouldn't know the names of the teams, 
how's that Tom Brady? You know, like he, you know, like he knew Tom Brady, and he liked the the Patriots for a little while just because they made good plays, kind of. Yeah, you know what like I mean? they made the news. I think he like he always he's always interested every year in like the Super Bowl party, which is very yellow. Like, what's the party? We should have like a party like around the football theme, right? Very yellow. Yeah. Um, so, so growing up, you know, sports, no one, like I got into sports later than most kids. You know, most kids, you know, they start watching sports with their dad probably like five, six, four even, yeah. right? And they like the team that their dad liked. I had to find that all on my own. Yeah, it was you organic know. to you. It was organic to me. That's why like when people like, because I used to like the uh, New Jersey Devils hockey growing up. And everybody like, well, you live on Long Island. How do you like the New Jersey Devils? Mm-hmm. Because no, there was no, uh, no one to pass down that to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, you like this team. You know, like, why do you like this team? Right. Yeah. So there was nothing of that. I mean, other things that were important to him, like dishes. He oh, yeah. was adamant, you know, when I got a little bit older, that I needed a 12-piece setting of dishes. Yeah, China. Yeah. China. And I needed this piece of China and that piece of yeah. China and this serving spoon. Oh, yeah. And this serving plate. And to appease him. I went out and I got all those things. Mm-hmm. I've never used them. <laughs> they literally, we've never used them. We have bowls and I don't even know what you call them, like special things to cut yeah, like things. Goblets. And goblets and, and everything. We have it all, but we never used it. He's a great event planner too. Yes. Very details. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he can wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's all these things that typically, I mean, I, I assume most guys don't, Aren't into. He's just really yellow, like with yeah. the wallpapering. Because I remember the house you grew up in, even the house they're in now. Like, like who did this wallpapering? It looked. He taught himself just with his attention to detail, like everything. You know how you have to match up flowers or whatever. I mean, he'll sit there and measure things. He walks around measuring things, I and mean, he's great with details, measurements, yeah. specifics, all that stuff. Right. So, so with, with that. And then him being very sensitive, like, you know, him getting upset by like, like if I wasn't into something, you know, he'd get like very upset Yeah. behind the scenes, he'd tell my mom about it. And then my mom would come out and be like, what? You know, cause she's red and she's like, you know, you're really upsetting your father when you don't do this. And I just didn't get it. You know, and at that time, look, I was very red and I was very, you know, uneducated. I was only, I only started getting educated like a couple years ago. (laughs) Like emotionally intelligent. Yeah. My brain just clicked at like, like a few years ago. Um, You know, and so I didn't know what this was all about. So I would always call him like cupcake or fruitcake Aww. or muffin man or, you know, all these funny terms. Yeah. And he'd get, very, you know, So you were upset like attacking his sexuality in a bit. I guess. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't know because it was like, like everyone else is like, hey, how, did you see the Giants game? You know, Lawrence Taylor yeah. just sacked the quarterback. And he was, he was like, this is how you iron this shirt when you go to work. Aww. So, you know, it, me being, again, like. You know, the un, you know, just my brain not working. Yeah. I would just be like, oh, hey, cupcake. Well, you know what? And I'm so glad that you brought this up. It's very vulnerable. And like yeah. people can say nasty things about you for it, but I'm going to tell you yeah. something. But I didn't know at the time. You I apologize. Know, I wouldn't I, do it today. I know. And I feel like you, ha- you don't, you, I, you never do that. No. But like, I feel like for, it's a real indication of what society does. It turns you against people in your own life, especially with, with the gen. This is why I wanted to talk about the gender thing, because all of a sudden it's like, you're not a man or you're, you know, fruity, like, or, like girly or like, what does that even mean? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause society will try to keep us in line by attacking, um, our, our gender identity. And when you're just, I don't know, he's just a detailed dude who doesn't like sports. It doesn't mean he's, you know, anything else than that. Right. 
Yeah. But you didn't know. So no, you were just know. like the an like a societal ego 3D programmed robot. Yeah. And that's it just kind of went through you. If we don't pay attention to this stuff, we're not self-aware. That's what happens to us too. Right. And yeah, I mean, for me, that was just like how to deal with it. Oh, okay. You know, he's dressed to the nines, looking all spiffy and I'm just like, "Oh, hey, cupcake." You yeah. know, like cuz I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. I didn't you know, I didn't know in my brain what was what was going on there. So, and I knew like maybe like Something was just a little different. That's all. He was I, so hemming his pants. He yeah, was tailoring. I mean, yeah, oh, he could sew. Oh, he, he can sew yeah. great. I mean, I, I'm missing like 50 things that, no, when I do met that normally him, men don't do. When I met him, like, we had to go to a wedding. It was like very early on in a relationship and we were still long distance. And I went to your house. He he uh, gave me a blowout on my hair. Oh, my God. Before, oh, my first bar mitzvah. Really? He gave me that I went to ever. He's like, oh, here, come here. Sit down. He gave me a better blowout. Than I've ever had in my life. Like it was straight. It was like curled perfect under. I mean, I look great. Yeah. And he did that. <laughs> I was like, thanks, yeah. Bert. I, I mean, he did. I mean, he knew like even, yeah, he knew women's fashion. Oh, he I does. Mean, yeah, yeah, he does. He's great to go shopping with. Yeah. So he is, he's really, he has a closet. He's just so yellow, you guys. He has a closet where um forever, this is Every 10 degrees, there's yes. a different jacket, jacket. Yep. starting at, I don't know what temperature, probably sub-zero, <laughs> and then, but this is 10 to 19 degrees. This is 20 to 29 degrees. He will show you each jacket. Right. No, he did, and, and they were- <laughs> It's a whole closet. It was, and he had like these really fashionable jackets too. Oh, nice. And the thing is like, he would want to give them to me, and, yeah. and I'd be like, oh no, that's gross or whatever. But actually, you know, it would have made me look cool. Yeah. That how good those like leather jackets he had and oh, really yeah. cool jackets. And I'm walking around my, you know, my usual outfit, which is like t-shirt and jeans looking like a hobo. Well, your dirty lands End winter jacket that you wore for too long. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. like, here, try this one. You're like, no. Right. So I, I mean, I would have been better off. good is connoted with being feminine or something. Exactly. And it's not. Yeah. It's just looking good. So, yeah. <laughs> More to look good. No. <laughs> I did. I did get a sense of like how to dress for work though from him, which I, oh, I yeah. do appreciate because I would. I would when I used to wear a tie, I would like match the tie to the shirt, and he taught me how to do that and stuff. What's like that. What's interesting about you is you're still the way about your closet that your dad is. Like you can be messy anywhere in the house, but your closet is like this sanctuary that I know if you know I'll do the laundry and put things away, and I know you don't enjoy. Like you don't say anything to me because you're polite, but yeah, yeah, your closet's very organized, like your dad. Yeah. <laughs> all right well look i've apologized it i mean i didn't and again that was something they would they told me like years later that those things that you used to say to him mm. would upset him just like yeah. with your dad with the basketball I guess, yeah. I guess people really like i say things that really bother people well, and years very, later you know, they come out they hold them. on to it but i have apologized and i do apologize now and i again i wish i would have known this yellow blue i wish i would have known about the orders end yeah. if, if i would have known that I could have. I would definitely approach it differently. Oh, I know. So I feel. Well, a little, I feel a little bad about it now. You do the best. You do the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And I think a big thing for all of us is to instead of beat ourselves up, be like, okay, how do I grow? Yeah. Because I'm going to tell a story about Abby. Uh, this Halloween, she wanted to be a boy. This like this boy character for Halloween, and I was like, I didn't say it, but I I was um, I wanted. You sure you don't want to be a princess? You sure? You, you sure don't want to be the girl character in that cartoon? You sure? I, I wanted to say it, but I didn't because I was like, oh, that's, it's coming through. And that's a message. Yeah. But I think a few years ago I would have, huh. you know? That's weird because I didn't, I didn't even. That didn't bother you at all. It didn't all. bother me at all. But I, I wonder I if you had a boy, mm-hmm. if we had a son and he was like, I want to be... be Sleeping Beauty for <laughs> Halloween. You would have been like, uh. <laughs> you know, like it just kind of, 
it's like could start to come out, but it did. Now, I think girls can get away with this at a young age, either than boys can sometimes, just in society's perspectives. Um, but yeah, I think we all have this kind of like knee-jerk reaction, and it's not us. It's like the bigger force that comes yeah. through us, and then we don't know we're like hurting people when we say things. We don't mean to hurt them. It's like the, the messaging. But anyways, that's why I wanted to do this episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, with Abby and wanting to be Sokka... Oh, guy, Sokka, Sokka, yeah. From, if you guys uh, watch it. What's the show called? The, oh, my God. Avatar. Uh, Avatar. It's on Netflix. And, oh, my God. She I just, thought, yeah, yeah, I just thought it was her turquoise. So, I'm like, you know, so actually maybe Oh, I she does. Grown. Yeah, I thought it was just like a turquoise thing. You've grown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. She just, she doesn't. Well, you've never been weird about the. I think it's, maybe it's good you had girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only talk to girls now, so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Dad, if you're listening. Again, I apologize. Oh, thank you for I'm, sharing that, Scott. That's I really, really sweet. I, I'm sorry I was so such a dum dum. And you and, should say sorry for um, <laughs> why I'm wanting to take you to Broadway shows because anytime you and your sister yeah. would be like, I don't want to go, I'd be in the background like, please say yes, please say yes, please say yes, because I love going to shows. I yeah. love it. I think it's so no. much fun. I don't care if it's good or bad. I just like the experience of going. No, I, I can't. I mean, the other day they <laughs> You're like I can't I, do it. The other day they had a, he had it. First of all, he wanted to go see Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. And then he was going alone. He was going to go alone happily. So he got a ticket by himself. But then he asked Bree if she wanted to go. Then Bree said yes, and Bree got sick. So yeah. Bree didn't go, so he had an extra ticket. He's like, do you want to go with me? I'm like, no way. <laughs> no. Yell no. Yell no. What's, like, it, what's the yellow no? You're still not going to the place. You, <laughs> not, guys, I'm no. gonna, you guys are kind of bratty about it, I have to say. Because like the guy gets the best seats. He's really nice during intermission. He's like, hey, what do you want? You want a drink? Do you want a candy bar? Do you want a hoodie? Like, he's very sweet. Yeah, until someone drops a scarf. Okay. Oh, my God, Oklahoma. <laughs> That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. We went to story. Oklahoma with my, my dear cousin who has passed, Annette. Annette, we love you. Annette. Um, she, had, she was wearing a scarf. She dropped it. Everyone was exiting the theater. It was hundreds of people. They get him screaming on the top of his lungs, scarf, scarf. <laughs> scarf. <laughs> Going he's on just here. very funny. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. Uh, right. um, do you like cash? All right. So. <laughs> all right. Oh, no. Oh, no. Disney. No pretzels. No hot, no hot dogs. No turkey legs. All right. We got a couple of ads and then you're going to get into your speech. There is just no one size fits all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. I personally have naturally curly hair and let's say I have not accepted it totally until I received my personalized pros routine. I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair than I am now. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it is personal. Using natural natural ingredients with proven results, pros customizes every product in your routine from shampoo to supplements. First, pros starts by asking about you as an actual real person with their in-depth consultation. Pros asked me really unexpected things like what zip code I was in and how much water I drink and if I do exercise. Next, pros analyzed all my answers and determined what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product of my custom routine. Together, pros got all my hair goals covered. I use the curl cream. It's great. I use their shampoo and conditioner and then I put in my curl cream and let it uh, dry naturally. It is soft. 
It is full. The curls are defined. Very happy with it. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back. No questions asked. So Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash aura. That's pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash aura for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people should think that you should wait till things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows. Also, many people think therapy is for quote-unquote crazy people, but therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you recognize that all humans have emotions, and we need to learn to control them, not avoid them. I personally use BetterHelp, and therapy might whole life intermittently here and there just because it helps me get myself together. It is really nice to get an objective professional's viewpoint, uh, their background, their input on what you can do to feel more balanced in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Know Your Aura listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash K-Y-A. That's BetterHelp. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash K-Y-A. I've been meaning to do this episode for a while because I pretty much talk about it all the time. (laughs) So I wanted to make a whole episode devoted to it in great detail. This is how gender affects your aura color. I talk about all the time, like how yellow guys have a harder time and green and red women can have a harder time or purple blue guys can have a harder time. Um, Here's the thing. We have a very 3D societal construct of gender. And what I mean by that is our society is super third dimensional. It's very controlled by the ego. When an ego controls a construct, there's a right and a wrong. There's a black and a white. There's a this way and a that way. And The world has a lot more gray areas than that when you come from a spiritual perspective. So just because there's masculine and feminine and there's certain societal characteristics that go with each one, it doesn't mean that everyone falls in line with both of them. So, And it doesn't have anything to do with you being less of a guy or less of a girl because of it. Right now in our society, there's a lot more education being brought to us about non-binary gender identity, which is, you know, great. And this is only from my point of view. This is not, I'm not talking for anybody. This is just how I observe things. When I hear people talk about not really identifying with a gender, honestly, from a spiritual perspective, that makes a lot of sense to me. 
the soul does not have a gender. The soul gets plopped into a human body that's a certain color and a certain gender. And then it's, you know, born, you're born into a bunch of circumstances you also have no control over. So, you know, your family, your socioeconomic status, where you live, the times, all sorts of things. And your life is a bunch of variables that really don't have a ton to do with you, but you're supposed to, based on our 3D society, I don't know, be identified by them. And for some people, I can understand that, you know, they don't, they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. That doesn't resonate with them. And a lot of times with the auras, there's a lot of blending masculine and feminine together in some of the combinations. And it can be very hard, especially when you're a kid and you're trying, you're growing and, and you're in those years where you're adolescent years where you're trying to figure stuff out. And you're really trying to latch on to who you are when you're like, wait a second, I don't resonate with this and I don't resonate with that. I got to find my, my gray area and resonate with that. And I just feel like that makes sense to me from a soul perspective. So I wanted to bring up um, the non-binary experience because I have had some listeners reach out to me and said that they'd like to hear more about that. And I'd love to get, maybe you can reach out to me with some suggestions. I'd love to get a guest on here to talk about that from their perspective because obviously I can't speak from that. I can just tell you what I see. I can just tell you what I see. So yeah, so like I said, gender is a huge 3D construct. Honestly, in a lot of our past lives, if you believe in that, I do, and I feel this. We're not always the same gender from lifetime to lifetime. Gender is just, you know, it's your human body. You get plopped in there. Um, And then the society dictates the characteristics of whatever gender you are. Oh, you're a boy? Then you like this toy, and you like to do that, and you like to make these jokes, and this is all... Not necessarily, all right? And that's where things can mess with you because you're told... And this is like, this varies from person to person, obviously, in your situation to situation and what went on with you growing up to now. You're told you're either right or wrong or you're supported or you're not supported or you're supported. It's just you're so sensitive. You feel the world pushing in on you and you just, for lots of different reasons, you can feel incorrect. And whenever you feel incorrect for whatever reason... That's when the inauthentic colors can come in from the aura. That's when your aura can get all messed up. That's when you can just feel not authentic and you start hiding parts of yourself. And so maybe that going through this today, as I go through color by color, um, you can identify with yourself, you know, you know what resonates with you, with what doesn't, and kind of have a conversation with yourself, you know, um, have a conversation with your inner child growing up. Uh, have a conversation with your own kids if you have them and just see things a little differently. Kind of open, open us up. There is such an emphasis on gender. I mean, I did it too. You know, like when you're pregnant, is it a boy or a girl? Somebody's pregnant. Oh, are you having a boy or a girl? Gender reveal. There's so much, you know, baby's born. Here's a bow. Here's a bow tie. Like it's a lot. Okay. And I mean, it's fun and it's cute and it's all that, but you think about it, like all the messaging we're giving at such an early age, like, and I did it too. I'm just... Like my kids are 12 and six. So like I did it too. I'm still probably doing it. It's just something I'm trying to kind of step back on. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about my turquoise child, my six-year-old who keeps telling me like she wanted to be a boy for Halloween. And I was like, okay, you know, like just trying to work out like, okay, you know, instead of suggesting you sure you don't be a princess, like I had to be like, that's great. Okay. Okay. You know, just, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think just the messaging from our society and 
it's I'm hardwired from it too. It's like we're all drinking the Kool-Aid, so it's very difficult for us to kind of step back and like approach this in kind of a, a perspective that's open. And but when we do that, it, it just helps everyone feel, I guess, authentic in their own skin and ourselves included. I'll talk about my turquoise kid when I get to the turquoises. Okay. So yellows. Yellows. Oh, poor yellow guys. I mean, like I say this all the time, I see a lot of yellow boys. Do not see a ton of yellow men. Um, so I want to talk about yellow men. So here it is. Yellow men. Here I go. Men who are yellow can be quite fastidious. Okay. That is a yellow. If you think about yellows, they're detail oriented. They like a plan. They're systematic. They're very honest. They're very much into self-improvement. They always look good <laughs> like yellow people. They take care of themselves. They're hard on themselves. They do self-talk very tough. They're very regulated with things. And then they have this one issue that if they can't do it right, sometimes they won't do it at all and let it pile up on them. So, they they won't like do anything half. They they have to go full on with something, which can keep them from doing things. But anyways, so men who are yellow can be very fastidious, a bit particular. You know, just like when I talk about yellow aura women, um, they're very scheduled. I mean, they like appointments. They might have their calendar all set up in their phone. They might have their appointment book all set up. They don't like rolling with the punches if they can plan ahead. You know, they 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 have their. Amazon's on, you know, their paper towels are coming at the right time every month. I mean, they may have an interest, honestly, in like sewing or tailoring or ironing, being very clean looking. They might have like a real particular thing with the dry cleaners that they go to. They may, If they want a certain shirt, they will find that shirt. Okay. They will go to store, to store, to store until they find that shirt. Um, They have really great manscaping techniques. Like they have like the sharpest razors. They are good. You know, unfortunately in our 3D culture, we can call fastidiousness in men feminine. That is something that they get attacked with a lot. There is this connotation with attention to detail that has been feminized and it is super not. It's just attention to detail. So when boys are told not to care or to carry out life the way they want to, they get pushed away from themselves. And I can see this turn into anxiety in men um, and ability to shut down, a feeling of disconnect. Sometimes a lot of yellow boys will end up being kind of green, but it's like a greenish yellow thing. And it ha- if it happens young enough, it's not going to go back, which I talk about in episode 96 when I talk about trauma and how trauma affects the aura. Um, the yellow men do like to work alone, which is different than greens. They want to work with like minutia or a system, but more for the purpose of the system itself, not the overall project. And like I said, in my kids episode, maybe I didn't say this episode 78, the kids, your kids aura episode, I talk about this a lot too. So you might want to listen to that if this is something you want to hear more about. Um, yeah, so they, they, you know, green people like a project kind of like the vision, the moving forward. Yellows love to be in the system of it, the minutia of it. So sometimes I'll see yellow guys work more in like accounting or I don't know, something like with, you know, I can't even explain these jobs like where, you know, somebody's talking to somebody and information processing, da, 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 where green guys are more the ones kind of at the helm, like the vision makers, that type of thing. Um, yellow men are super like do-gooders. <laughs> they really do strive to be the perfect whatever, the perfect husband, dad, son, employee, boss, etc. They are very into moments. They get very thought out gifts. 
and they can be very sad if you don't like them. They are just really thoughtful down to the very last detail. And sometimes, like, when you're in a relationship with a yellow guy, you can be like, wow, like, are you more into the details of this or me? Like, it's just that's how they show love. Just like yellow women. Like, it's just their attention to detail is how they show love. Like, they're just trying to make it nice for everybody. Um I will see yellow men who are athletes somehow do better at keeping their yellow aura intact. It's possible that the in that world, in like professional athlete world, um, or like if you're a very focused athlete, maybe in college or something, the the attention to detail is it more acceptable? Which I which is unfortunate, but this is what I see. So, for example, during the Summer Olympics, I was like mesmerized. I'm like, oh my god, there's another yellow aura guy. There's another yellow aura guy. There's a, they can hyper focus, which is something obviously you need to do at those high levels of sport. Uh, they definitely can struggle with perfectionism, and again, that's something that can get razzed on by the majority of culture, which would deem that as weak, feminine, or prissy, or, or all those words. If somebody's like extremely into self improvement. I mean, yellow men can keep a lot inside themselves. Yellow men, like, they're going to buy the self-help books. They're going to be like, they're going to, they're going to therapy. They're looking into things. They're, they're, they're the ones looking up the group on. I mean, that's just them. And it's important we don't label those things as feminine. Blues. All right. So blue men and women, honestly, you know, blues, again, you know, blues really do, tend to change their behavior based on what they feel others' expectations of them are. So blue men and women like equally tend to be okay. It really depends on what your secondary color is. I'll tell you that blue-purple guys have a hard time, okay? So I want to talk a little about blue, and then I'll talk about blue-purple. All right, so blue-purple men, they they have a a tougher time, but like blue-red or blue-green or... Blue, yellow, that can be hard too. Um, but we'll talk about blue. So like I said, ge- you know, blues in society, generally more accepting of blue women than men since men are, are expected to be less emotional and more cutthroat. We all know that. But I see blue men simply do okay just because, I mean, they're blue and people love blue people. You know, they're just nice. Blues are kind-hearted. They're sweet. I will see blue men in general, like the ones that really lead with the blue and blue purples, especially less interested in careers. What do we tell men? Your whole identity is what you do for a living and how much you make. What's in your bank account? I mean, I do so many readings for people. I mean, and, and yes, I, the majority of who I read are women, but like husbands of these women or, um, sometimes guys, I mean, they can feel very trapped too because they're supposed to work all the time. And they're supposed to be contributing. And if and in our society, if men don't work, they're failures. Blue men tend to do better with motivation to work if they have something they're taking somebody they're taking care of. So like if they have a partner that they want to take care of or they have um, a family, they just do better doing something for other people. If they're working and their motivation is to keep the keep everybody they love safe and okay. That's a good motivation for them. But I don't really see them usually being like, oh, my work, my life is work and my career is everything to me. I will see a lot of blue men in all sorts of jobs. I mean, they can do anything because they'll blend in to be accepted by the people they love and just to be loving and make money to give, you know, to the people in their life. Do I mean, and a lot of blue women I'll see as like therapists or teachers or this or that. I mean... 
men just aren't encouraged to do those things as much. But when they do, they're really great at it, you know? So I wish we had um, more of that encouragement because I don't see that, you know, especially with young, young men who are trying to, you know, young gentlemen who are trying to figure out what they want to do in life. They're not usually steered towards therapy or, or they're not. And if they are, it's like, you can be a doctor and a psychiatrist, you know, you like kind of like the higher level of things instead of like, Hey, you can be a social worker or, or you can, you can be a nurse, all that. So I feel like we're changing a lot with that, which is great, but it's also something we, it's just, we notice this and it can help help the people in our lives feel more confident in themselves and ourselves too. Um, yeah, you're not going to find blues in situations where society says men should feel comfortable. They don't really participate in the locker room talk that we think men participate in. And they don't really want to go into any sort of situation where women are exploited for entertainment or like where they're, you know, on, I mean, I'll just be blunt, like the, the real blue, like the blue purples are like that. They're not going to go into the strip club because they're going to be like, Oh my God, whose daughter, what happened to you? Like where <laughs> they're just like any of us, you know, where's your, what's going on? Like, you, you know, where are you living? Like, you know, what's your boyfriend? Tra- how's your boyfriend treating you? You know, like <laughs> they, they see people as people, you know, they can't just take entertainment from somebody without under, you know, feeling that connection happen. So a lot of times we say that men are these like animals that take, take, take and, and they get, you know, men take what they want and this and that. Well, they're not all like that. And I feel like a lot of the problems with our society is that we make that some sort of like great attribute that men are these like vicious creatures that exploit women. I I mean, a lot of them aren't, you know, and I feel like blue men definitely aren't, but They'll be around other people and guys and they'll get the message, oh, I'm supposed to be more like that. And and how sad is that? How sad is that? And it's hard to speak up for yourself. And it, it's hard It's hard to, especially when you're blue in general, it's hard to have a voice. It's hard to say, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And you you all shouldn't do that either. But it's something that blue guys deal with just like blue women deal with, you know, not being able to speak up for themselves or speak up in an uncomfortable situation. And they don't you know, a lot of times we think that men can do confrontation or they're great with it. Well, they're not all great with it. They don't all want to have confrontations. They don't like that. They get anxious just like anybody else does. So that is something, again, that society puts on on men and um, blues just don't fall, fall, follow that. So yeah, blue purple men, you know, like I said, they do great as stay at home you know, in a family, maybe they're the stay-at-home dad. Maybe they are the ones that support the wife. The, the wife has a career she's really excited about. Maybe they're like, okay, I'll support you, you know, and, and I'll work part-time and you work full-time and we'll figure it out. So they're just, they just kind of do teamwork really well. Blue purple guys, they just don't have that like false machismo bravado stuff that comes with like that 3D dimension labels that guys get. And if they're raised in a way, they're usually really close to women. Usually their friends are women. They're close to women in their family. They just talk better with women. They like women, <laughs> like all that. They're just a little bit more comfortable around women too, by the way. Um, but if they're raised to, to understand this about themselves, like they have an inner confidence that can't be shaken. That's if there's a lot of purple. You know, if you have a blue purple kid, you got to kind of like amp up the purple in there so that they kind of have their own 
I guess, sovereignty within who they are to speak up for themselves or trust themselves or, or understand it's okay to be different. Honestly, blue, very blue guys are just little lovers and they just enjoy life. And I love when I see little blue children and little blue boys. You're just so perfect. Okay. Back to the, the kid episode. If you want to hear more about that green, green women have it tough. Okay. I'm sorry. They do. And if you're green and you're a woman, you get what I'm saying. Green greens in general are, oh man, they're they're really connected to the earth. They're very into the overall vision, eagle eye view. Great communicators. They love to learn. They're very into research based uh, things. They they want to know the facts. They ask great questions. They really see the whole picture in everything. Green women, though, are often told they aren't feminine because a lot of times that they just have a, a bit of a low-key look to them, you know, lipstick and getting your hair done and dyeing it on time or wearing the latest fashions. That's just not always, I'm not saying all green women. I'm just saying that's not usually a green person in general, men either thing to do. Green people have uniforms and like the women do too if you're predominantly green. But that's often told you're not feminine or whatever just because you like to wear practical clothes or you're not a big makeup girl or whatever. Green women love nature. They don't mind getting dirty. They're the ones digging up worms in the garden, showing the boys, not getting grossed out, catching the frogs as kids, all that kind of stuff. They have no problem with that. They do not play games. You know, unfortunately, in our society, we are told that women play games. Women are catty. Women are clicky. Women, it's like mean girls all the time. If you're a woman, you know how to do all the... If you're a woman, you know how to do all these things. You know how to play it. Well, green women don't play games, okay? They don't beat around a bush. They state exactly what they feel or think plainly and politely. They don't really understand gossip or exclusion. And they can't do those things to other people. They avoid people. <laughs> they avoid a lot of groups. Um, they, they tend to be happy loners. But women in our society, that I mean, that's, that's not feminine. You're supposed to be a hostess. You're supposed to be gracious. You're supposed to be constantly on little social dates and this and that, um, taking on other feelings, accommodating them, running around, you know, doing things for other people just to fit into the social structure. Not a green person thing to do. Green women just don't do any of that stuff. I mean, they listen, they're great friends, they're compassionate, they're helpful, they're sincere, they're genuine, but they're not going to do it for show. They're going to do genuinely from the heart. They're also not as wordy with emotions. Green people in general aren't, but that is seen as more masculine than feminine in our binary, you know, uh, ruled 3D construct. And so they can be kind of shut out sometimes from other women because they don't, they're not going to sit there and listen to your, listen to something. Maybe they don't always say the right thing, or maybe they're just quiet or they're just asking questions instead of, you know, saying the wordy responses or whatever. It's just, they just, you know, they're, they're genuine. They just have their own way of doing it. Um, but that can be, I guess those little nuances are considered feminine in our, in our, in our culture. They can have a hard time just relating to the traditional femininity standards society puts on women. In general, you know, maybe they don't want people touching, maybe they hate pedicures. I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of different, green people have quirks. So like sometimes green women just like don't, I don't like to be touched. Don't, I do not get pedicures. You know, I don't like to dye my hair. Like I don't agree with that. I don't do it. If I'm gray, I'm supposed to be gray. You know, green people always have like kind of their, their thoughts about things and they're very, they're very set on them. So I'll see like a lot of green people that don't dye their hair. They're like, my hair is gray. That is 
how nature intended it. Why the heck would I diet? That's weird because that's like a lie. <laughs> so, and it makes sense. Just like when you talk to any green person, they tell you their logic. You're like, you know, that does make sense, but that's just them. And, and, but society can say like, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're not maintaining yourself or, or whatever. And that's not true. They have a practical sense of style, but unfortunately that can be, a tr- you know, that can be stuck over on the masculine side than the feminine. And I, uh, sometimes I feel bad for green girls cause they're just like, they have their, ways of doing things that they pick because they like, not because other people tell them they should like it. And if they happen to like things that aren't super, quote, feminine, end quote, they can get stuck into sometimes the tomboy realms, that word, that bad word that we can't use anymore and we shouldn't. For girls that, like, they just like to go, you know, get dirty and earthy and just do their own thing and they don't conform to the constructs of femininity. Okay, so that's green women affected by gender, and a lot of time, times for greens, women, I see them getting shut out a lot. So the good thing about greens is that they are happy loners and they tend to do well with men. They really do. They'll have their girlfriends and stuff, but they do tend to do, green women tend to do better in men with men. And they also end up in environments, honestly, where they're working with a lot of men anyways, doing green people things, which would be like tech or science or whatever green people do. Okay, indigos. Indigo men, you know, indigos, you know, that's, it's like blue, <laughs> but it's kind of like a little bit more inward. Blues are, blues are kind of better at like long-term pleasing, whereas indigos will do it for a short burst of time and then just indigoist, they will disappear. So men who do that um, can get labeled as as feminine, you know, it's just men acting like, I see a lot, I do see indigo men. I see a lot of indigo boys. I'm seeing more indigo men than I did in the past, which is great. Deep thinkers, very sensitive. They're good writers. They, they, they just have a a way with words. So, okay. Um, I'll see like a lot of male journalists, um, writers, musicians who are indigo, uh, you know, indigo men are really great at connecting one-on-one just as indigos are. It's just like in large groups, they're not. And that, and I feel like there's like this male, uh, I guess, what is it? Like this male construct, this masculine kind of society that men are supposed to be like, walk in and charm and suave, eh? And just, ooh, here I am. Let me work the room and da 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 Well, indigos don't do that. And indigo men can seem a little bit like, I don't know, like they're kind of standing in the corner, they just leave and, and that can get, they, they, I don't even know if that's always labeled as feminine. It's just, they can be labeled a little bit as untrusted or something with other guys, like they don't bring them into the fold as much. So they can get a little left out. Good thing about indigos is they don't care because like, if you're indigo, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, I don't care. I don't care. A lot of indigo men just, uh, I mean, they do really well in life. It's something with indigos. I think when you're more indigo, it's hard, but you know, like you'll connect to who you connect to and you'll hang on to that really strong. But I feel like they don't have the male friend group that other guys have because they don't always fit in to that. But I think indigo women understand that too. I think that's just an indigo thing, but more accepted in women. Okay. Let's talk about red women. So reds are leaders, they're assertive, strong-willed, huge sense of what's right or what's wrong. They cannot shut down if they feel an injustice is happening. So 
red men. I don't know. That flies. Okay. That, that just flies. That works. They're like applauded for it. Red women are, you know, called bossy. And, and it's, I don't know if it's getting better. I think it's really hard. I mean, cause I have a red daughter. So a lot, <laughs> it's just very hard for her. Um, it's hard when you're a red woman because you're told as a woman, you're supposed to constantly just be giving. Okay. And if somebody's wrong and, and if it's an adult and they're wrong, okay. Or if it's another kid and they're wrong, you know, I think the feminine expectation is to just be passive. Well, red, reds aren't passive. And when you're a red woman and you've decided not to be passive about something, you are going to get a quick label. You get called a B-I-T-C-H. You get called, you know, bossy. You get called, you know, they'll, they'll attack you. They'll attack your looks. They'll attack. And that's, it's, it's true. Like when you get a really red confident woman, the first thing everyone goes for, men and women, I noticed, is their looks. They try to actually attack them on their femininity, which I think is so telling and horrific. So I'll see if you just, just pay attention, like, and I know politics is touchy, but just pay attention. Cause you'll see when on either side of the spectrum, on either side, wherever you stand, you'll see it. If there's a red woman being outspoken, they'll go after her looks. They'll go after what she's wearing. They'll go after, um, what kind of mother she is. Okay. Or what kind of wife she is. They'll go, they'll try to attack her 3d constructs of femininity. And I see that with red women all the time. So if you're a red woman, it's difficult because you're really straddling what that means for you. Um, the the thing with red women is they, they do have set opinions and ideas. Uh, they will hear everybody's side of something, but they will fight in the end for what they feel is fair and just and correct, and they don't back down. Uh, and, and that's super not, quote, feminine in, in our society that to not back down as a woman if you're supposed to be passive, you're supposed to let it go. You're supposed to solve problems. You're supposed to be a mediator. Okay. That's not what red women do. They fight. They'll fight. They'll fight for it. And, and sometimes you need fighters. Uh, also, red women uh, can agree to disagree, but they will not give in. So you're not going to get that from a red woman where they're just like, okay, you're right. I was, no, I'll agree to disagree with you and we'll be civil, but no, I'm not, I'm not bending to this. Red women can be athletic. Not all the time. My red child is not. But not all they can be. They can be athletic, which, of course, is like the green girl thing. I mean, anytime some girl is like running around with the boys or can throw a ball better than the guys or whatever, you know, they get called all sorts of things. They get labeled. They get told that, you know, if they, that their sexual orientation is something. They, you know, you know. Um they are oftentimes very ashamed of their strong voice and who they are, but yet again, they really can't help themselves. <laughs> they will keep doing it, even though, but the hatred for themselves can build, which is very sad. They have like this cold inner hatred for themselves sometimes. I see this in young red people. It's very hard. Honestly, a lot of times, my, my, oh my gosh, anytime I dread telling a woman that she's red, I dread when I see a red woman. This is awful. I do. Because any time I tell somebody who's red they're red, they don't want to hear it. And uh, even if they do not know what it means, they don't want to hear it. Um, the only person that didn't was fine with it was uh, Ashley from Girls Gotta Eat. She was like, okay, cool. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but like really, and like a lot of people I say that they're red, they're like, 
what does that mean? Not, 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 not. Because it's like this inner conflict with like their own self. Like you surely love yourself if you're red. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's like I wish I had that, honestly, sometimes, even though we're supposed to love what we are. Because they they just they can let a lot slide off of them. They're not affected as much by other people's wants and needs from them. And they can really gravitate from their authentic, sourceful place of what is correct or not for them. The pro oh, red women can have a really hard time in love though, because uh, I don't men like want to compete with them or men want to be like fixed by them. So you kind of want an equal partner in life. I mean, any of us do, <laughs> but like red women will get like guys that are just like, oh, let's, you know, or partners, you know, even if you're, if you're into women and you're a woman, I mean, you'll get partners that want to like compete with you or partners that want to push you or partners that want to push your buttons or get you going. There's like a lot of competition. Reds like competition, but you don't really want that in a relationship. You want more support. So that can be tough uh, there. Red women can prefer to deal with men. Um, They don't really take things very personally and they they also don't play games. They know what the games are though that are going on, but they hate the games. And they see the games and they're quick. Red women are very quick. They're quick-witted. They're quick-thinking. They're quick to say what they're thinking. They're, they're smart. Not that, I mean, everybody's smart, but they're like, you know, <laughs> in my life, I'll think of something like three days after that's smart, but like, why can't I think about it the second I needed to say it or think it? Okay, red women don't have that problem. They can just boop right away. It's really awesome. Um... And they have people in their lives who want to see them lose, which is very sad. They, they do tend to attract that energy around them because I really feel like our society has this hatred for women who aren't constantly conforming to the 3D characteristics of femininity. And so if a woman... If a red woman is acting like, you know, she likes her career and she's motivated towards her career and she is her own boss or she's doing this or she's doing that and maybe the husband's taking care of the kids and she's out working or whatever, they get, it's almost like society feels like the world will collapse if if more women were like that. And so it's almost like the 3D ego, collective ego wants to attack women like that. And I feel like red women feel it and they're like, oh my God. Is that true or not? And these are very subconscious grapplings that they have. And it's something that can cause that self-hate. So when I tell someone they're red, it's like this innate feeling of like, oh my gosh, no, I'm not. Or I don't like that. Or like whatever. And it's it's really just their own needing to come to terms with themselves and in the face of a society that does not welcome that energy. It's hard to be a red woman. All right. Purple guys. I mean, purple spontaneous, fun, artistic, a little self-destructive, you know, uh, all the good stuff. You know, they can be confident. It depends what their other color is. Most of all, they're just go with the flow. So purple girls, see a lot of those. Purple guys, I see a lot of that too. Purple's a hard color to snuff out as a child. So with purple guys, though, the problem is with them in our society and how society deals with them gender-wise is purples generally don't like to feel trapped. So what, again, you know, what are we tell men? Men are supposed to be consistent. Men are supposed to make money. Men are never supposed to let anybody down ever. Men are supposed to just work and make money and that's it and be stable and consistent and don't ever fall off the grid and don't do anything that deviates from the normal purples can't 
handle it. And if they start feeling that stagnant monotony like creep in on them, they throw a purple bomb. And we are told by society that that's like for men, especially, oh my gosh, you've let everyone down. You let your family down, you let your team down, you're flaky, you're all these things. When honestly, that's just a purple thing. If they understand that they need to reinvent themselves every few years or so, and that's okay, but you, you know, you have the responsibility to reinvent yourself and at least try and do it like in a non-self-destructive way, then they would feel more okay with themselves doing it. But I'll see like a lot of purple guys feel terrible about themselves as men because those aren't things that they want. Like they want to love somebody or be in a relationship, but they don't always want the constructs of husband, you know, father, the way that society puts it on that as a man. So, um, so yeah, that can, that can be, that can be hard. They can feel, if they feel pigeonholed and trapped, they, they can, they can sometimes run from deeper connections if who their, whoever their partner is expects things from them. They can, you know, I want, I want this house on this hill and 2.4 kids and a dog. They can be like, oh, that's really stressful for me. And then they can kind of run away because they're scared that they're, you know, they'll pre-disappoint you by running away before feeling trapped and then like running away from everything once it's been established, if that makes sense. Okay. Not all purples. I'm just saying it's just something that I see. And it really, it's like one of those things with purple guys, it starts as a kid and by the time they're men, it's kind of like too late or something, or unless they really want to understand it and fix it. Purple men though, generally, like they really do like conversation, music, art. They can be like sarcastic. They can like scoff at like meathead guys or other types of guys or they're like, okay, whatever. Like they generally don't want to be like any of them because they're purple. Purples don't want to be like you, you know, I'm cool myself. You know, that's a purple thing. Like I don't want to be like anybody else. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, so that makes them, they're okay with not fitting in because purples actually prefer not fitting in. Honestly, a lot of times they enjoy lots of conversations they make great connections. Ladies love them. So when guys love them, everyone loves purples. Okay. So they have no problem finding love in their life. Uh, they read the room. They read people around them. It's just, they, they can't handle being like trapped. It's, it's a feeling that they get stressed out about. And our society says that that's not manly. I wanted to talk about pinks, even though I honestly barely see them. Um, a lot of pink kids, not a lot of pink adults. Pinks are very rare in general. I mean, pink guys are so rare. I mean, so rare. It's so much associated with femininity. I don't see a lot of men wearing it at all. Even men who are gender fluid or have like, uh, if they're gay, I don't see a lot of pink men. I really don't. I feel like it has such a negative connotation with everybody. Um, which is unfortunate because it's a great color. And, uh, in the very few times I have been able to see some pink boys, though, in readings where, like, you know, moms show me pink pictures of their kids, you know, being, being pink, having a pink aura has, like, zero to do with your sexual preference at all. And I just have to say that because it's just, I mean, it's just that's the energy. It's very childlike wonder. It's very... um magical, you know, pink boys love to play very seriously. They have no problem playing with girl toys or boy toys or anything. They'll gravitate towards sparkle and fun and glitter. They might put on a dress. It has nothing to do with, actually, I had, my friend had a pink boy, a pink boy 
he grew out of it. It's sad though. Um, and he he loved to dress like a princess. He just did. He loved it. He got he went loved to go to the Disney store, get all the new princess dolls. He loved it. It's just what he loved, and he was very serious about it. Nobody could do the hair but him, and it was just that was just it, you know. And and that was just him. But society is so horrific towards pinks in general. Uh, it's almost impossible sometimes to keep the pink. It's hard enough for a girl to keep the pink because the pink aura does lend itself with femininity in our 3D construct that the maybe pink girls can get away with it a little bit, like slightly better, but pink boys barely, barely, which is sad, isn't it? Finally, turquoise. Well, if there is any more color apt to forget about their own birth gender, it's the turquoise. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you turquoises. Um... Turquoises just absorb so well into others. I mean, they really want the full experience in life. And they really want to experience like all the roles a society has for somebody. Uh, so, you know, turquoise boys, I guess, can have it harder. It's just that they don't care. That's the most beautiful thing about turquoise people. They really exist within society, but also kind of outside of it at the same time. Uh, and, and they can they can totally like blend in and then they can go be with themselves. They're like, whatever, I don't care. So turquoise aren't at, I mean, turquoise aren't as affected by the roles given to them as others are the way I see it, just because they, especially if they're self-aware, have the ability to kind of step outside of it and, and play with whatever, whatever they like. They pick up what they like and they drop what they don't. They can be a bit passive towards the so, the societal messaging of gender. So, but turquoise men will have it a little harder. Turquoises in general are stubborn. Okay, so that helps you if you're a turquoise guy because you're going to be like more stubborn that maybe you shouldn't be when society tells you in all its million subliminal ways that you shouldn't be. Turquoises are just a little bit like mm, I don't care. That's what I am. Uh, they tend to like conversations, which are very inclusive. They like all sides of the story at the same time. They enjoy lots of representations in their friend groups. I mean, they just want everybody. They they actually look for variety as much as possible. So men in our society are supposed to have kind of like, if you think about it, like the same type of guy as a friend. You know, you have this, your friend groups are important as a man. You're supposed to have like the athletes or like whatever. It's supposed to look a certain way. You're supposed to be guys, guys, guys. And you know, you do whatever you do. I mean, that's what society tells you. Well, turquoise guys, they like, they're friends with anybody. I mean, they'll take, they, they actually prefer out of the box people to be friends with. And society would say that, oh my God, you're friend. You know, maybe... I mean, just think about it, like turquoises don't, they really don't discriminate at all. So a lot of times they'll be friends with, I don't know, like maybe they're a guy and they're friends with like the gay kid at school or they're friends with the non-binary person or they're friends with, um, I don't know, the, 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 I don't know, green kid that's great in computer class. They're friends with uh, a bunch of girls. They're friends, you know, they, they don't, they're not going to, you know, stick to the societally acceptable friendships that. I guess, uh, reiterate the fact that they're a guy. Like, they don't care. So I, so that's a huge thing I see with turquoises in general, but then especially turquoise men, they have a lot of different types of people in their life. Uh, turquoises, I mean, they, they tend to be healers. They tend to be intuitives. They tend to like crystals and all that kind of stuff too, which, of course, society calls that more feminine than masculine. 
And they're very much in touch with both the masculine and the feminine within themselves. And they'll just draw from both sources all the time, depending on what they feel drawn to. So I have a turquoise, I have a turquoise little one. Uh, she's a girl. I talk about her a lot. And she just, I just notice with her that she will draw from both genders and she's always been that way. And what I mean by that is both like 3D genders. So like she might like to play with boy stuff. She might like to play with girl stuff. Sometimes she rejects girl stuff in favor of boy stuff, sometimes more than others. She likes a lot of different friends. She doesn't always like to dress with a lot of, you know, a lot of things or whatever. She gravitates sometimes more. Sometimes she'll say, I want to be a boy today or, you know, I, she's six, you know, so it's just like whatever. But it's interesting to me that she also is so fluid in herself. And I've talked about her. I think I talked about her in the kid episode. I did because she, whoever she plays with or whoever she's around, I, she brings them back to me and her personality a little bit. And I see that with turquoises a lot. And it's just something that, I don't know, like I feel like they just got to figure it out for themselves. And I just try to let her play with it or explore with it or whatever. And we'll see what, what happens. Um, I hope this was helpful to you. It was a lot. I'm looking. This was a long one. <laughs> I talk about it all the time in readings. It always comes up, especially like, that. oh, you know, your, your kid's blue, purple. Okay. Or, oh, you have a yellow boy. Okay. Oh, you got a green girl. Here's what to expect. You know, so I feel like I bring it up a lot in readings or, or when I'm talking on the podcast here. So I just wanted to have a place where it all was. Thoughts are so welcomed. I am so thankful for all of you. Let's please keep this discussion going over on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page. I want to hear your thoughts and your experiences and your insights about this. Is any sort of catalyst that brought up with you, any sort of insights that you have you want to share with us, please go over to that Facebook page and, and do that. This podcast is for you and about you. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. And I hope you all take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on on your podcast app.